welcome to Thriving Educators. I am Brian Langley. In this episode, I speak with Andrew Combe, Director of Curriculum and Assessment for the Novi Community School District, about the grading pilot taking place at the high school and middle school this year. We discuss the nuts and bolts of the pilot, the impetus for it, and what this pilot means for the coming years. Enjoy. Andrew Combe, thank you so much for returning for a third time onto the Thriving Educators podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, so this year we're going to talk about the grading pilot that is going on at the high school and the middle school. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about what the main features of this pilot are? What is the main? What are the main features of this system? Okay, so kind of describing what we're doing. Uh, the the main idea of the what we're piloting this year is to shift away from a hundred point scale to what is effectively a five point scale, five levels, four three two one zero. Um, there are a couple of other components to it. Um, you know, like we're making sure that uh, we're stripping out other things that that don't necessarily reflect student learning. So, you know, no extra credit. We're not going to have different kinds of rounding. Uh, we want to make sure that kids get multiple opportunities uh, on an assessment. Um, but the real big shift is switching from something that would be showing or demonstrating a hundred different levels of proficiency, which is what the hundred point scale effectively does, to something that is far more reliable and valid, which shows five levels of proficiency, uh, which we're fairly used to with the A, B, C, D, E mm -hmm. scale. Right. Okay. So this pilot is an initiative that you've championed. Mm -hmm. um, what was the impetus for this pilot or what do you hope this grading system will achieve? There's been a lot of research done on grading in schools. And for whatever reason, what we know is not, you know, heavily uptaken by schools. Okay. So there's a great book called What We Know About Grading that just came out by um, uh, Gusky and Brookhart. And rather than some of the other grading books that will give you suggestions while they're in there, it focuses on meta-analysis of what they have and telling you, here's what we do know. So based on that, you know, what might you do with grades? So, you know, in this scenario, um, we often grade the way we learned as students mm -hmm. uh, or the way our cooperating teachers taught us. And we think of it as fair and we um, kind of repeat what's traditional. But in reality, when you look at the, the data behind it, you find that a lot of our practices uh, are kind of broken. We are grading kids for things that are not necessarily reflections of their learning. Mm -hmm. So if I have a student with a B in my social studies class, that might be a kid with incredible knowledge of the standards, but who didn't turn in all their homework. Right. Or it might be a kid who really struggled with the standards, but turned in everything and mm -hmm. did extra credit. So what does that B mean? Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the research is pretty clear. Opinions of teachers are not all the same. Some teachers still feel that there should be a certain amount of grading that's there to, you know, teach you habits or, or teach you behaviors. Um, 
what I would like to see us move toward is not abandoning that, but having a separate way to measure that. So your grade should reflect what you understand. Mm -hmm. And then maybe another measurement that reflects your soft skills or, or kind of um, professionalism skills. Do you do things on time? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so what we found is when you look at a hundred point scale, most teachers would not purport that they have 100 different levels of performance on a oh. given task. Mm -hmm. If I ask you, okay, uh, t describe to me the difference between a student with a 76 and a student with a 74 in terms of their understanding, most people's answers are, well, they just got one more question wrong. Right. So this, it is, uh, the research tells us we're much better at identifying A, B, C, D, E, kind of five levels. And okay. it's much more consistent as well. So really it's about making sure that we have fair measurements that reflect learning and probably the biggest um, kind of uh, culprit here that we're trying to get rid of is the zero. So you've probably heard of the 50% zero or the 50% E or, you know, that kind of thing. What ends up happening is on a hundred point system, any student that doesn't do something gets a zero. So <clears throat> when I have that zero factored in, it mathematically has a heck of a lot more weight than any of the other grades. So if I have a student who has a phenomenal success, 100%, mm -hmm. and then a phenomenal failure, zero, right. they have a 50%. They have an E, mm -hmm. which doesn't make sense. Most people would logically say, well, one great success, one great failure means something in the middle. Mm -hmm. right? So that's what this effectively does. You know, If I have a, a zero and then I pass my next test with a D, I'm still far below in the 30%. Whereas in this scenario... You get an A with a five, you get a zero that you didn't do, that's putting you at a two and a half C, B range. Kind okay. Of. Yeah. So I, and I can feel like this has implications, not just for overall grading, but also then for the way you grade assessments, obviously. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of wondered about this. I've been doing a four, three, two, one with our physics PLC mm -hmm. for almost a decade now, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we grade things, we grade it holistically, I'd say, to, to use that term, where you kind of look at it and you say, well, this is the level of a four, this is the level of a three, this is the level of a two, as opposed to like some kind of a point system out of 100% where there's this hard cutoff. And I, and I always kind of wondered with teachers that use that percentage, did they ever think to themselves, like, is, is somebody that is, is getting the 90 or above really the A, or, or is that too generous or is that too harsh in this situation? But I don't know if the, that conversation's ever had. Yeah. I think that's a, a great point about the conversation not being had. I, I don't think it is heavily taught, you know, maybe now, but it, it wasn't heavily invested in, in college uh, teacher preparation. Um, you know, people tend to do a lot of, you know, your grade is based on how many right out of the how many total. Mm -hmm. Um which only works if the way you've designed the assessment is spot on. And right. I can think of tons of assessments I did where I asked some great questions, but then I also had a 20 question portion where you had to identify things on a map. Mm -hmm. So in the end, that turned out to be worth a huge chunk of the, of the assessment when I didn't want it to be. Like you could just Google that stuff. Mm -hmm. so how do we... How do we do that? And there are ways to to even use, you know, effectively the best way to use this system is to have everything you do have a rubric. Okay. And make sure that rubric is transparent to students. Mm -hmm. You can certainly do, you know, a percentage, you know, X out of, X, you know, Y equals the, the grade. But you can also turn those things into uh, rubrics, which I started to do 
even with like multiple choice tests. So I might have a multiple choice test with some written answers and I would say, all right, if you get, you know, 80% or more of the vocab, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. So I'm, even though it's 80% of the vocab, I'm going to give that an A for that portion. That's a four, Mm -hmm. which is kind of counterintuitive. But again, you can design it in whatever way you feel is reasonable based on your knowledge of the content. Right. In my head, a a kid that gets 80% of vocab that I probably won't remember in two months did what we asked. Right. So part of it involves a calibration around what is reasonable to expect on an assessment, I feel like. Yep. Uh, it's valuable. Right, you know? right, exactly. Like, is there really value in a test that makes kids have to cram it in their head the night before just so that right. they can then score well on that test the next day, but only to be forgotten a week later? Right. That doesn't seem to me right. to be where our test exactly. should be designed. Right. So I, I may ask those questions because I want to see how they know on their vocab, mm-hmm. but that's not the biggest deal. Really, I want them to, how do you use the vocab you do know? to make an argument, to prove a point, to, you know, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. That part I would weight more heavily. And I have, I've heard, have heard some people think that, and they kind of push back, like, this is just making things easier or, or, you know, in some way, mm-hmm. in my experience, the expectations at the level four, that haven't, at, that, that's been pretty high. It's still pretty a high bar. Yep. Um, the, the, like the two range mm-hmm. or the C student becomes a wider um, net as opposed to a little bit, maybe possibly, or there's, there's, bit, there's more way to demonstrate yeah, that they a, know something as opposed to something just being right or wrong, yeah. I guess. Yep. I think some of it, you really can't separate the, the shift in the mathematics of the system mm-hmm. from a shift in perspective on grading. They, they do have to kind of come together. Right. Um, you know, but we do we do see a little bit of both. We've seen people who are have been trying to do this but can't fit it into the hundred point scale. They've mm-hmm. been trying to change their assessments, but then I see other folks who, in trying to use this new point scale, are like, "Well, how do I? Oh, I could change this." And there are some things that are much simpler. You know, I I don't advocate uh, having dozens and dozens and dozens of grades in your grade book. For mm-hmm. this, you know, and so if you say, "Well, it takes more time or energy." It might for some specific assessments, but you also don't need to be scoring every piece of homework, every, mm-hmm. you know, that's not super critical in terms of what kids understand. And that's that's kind of the other thing I, I look at is how much of your work are you doing as a teacher uh, scoring things because they did them and you go home and you're checking them and they're not really giving you much meaning about what the kid has learned or understands. Mm-hmm. For those things, you know, I, I would encourage feedback, but less so energy spent trying to find out exactly how many points they got because it's really not reflecting what they understand. Right. And so I am hoping that over the course of this year, as the pilot is going on, that we will have multiple podcasts on the pilot, bringing in Great. teachers that are trying it, um, potentially getting questions from those that that aren't in the pilot yet, but are interested about knowing it. And so my idea for this podcast today would be that it's just kind of you laying out the impetus sure. for it like you just did and and the nuts and bolts of what it looks mm-hmm. like. So, And then we'll continue to like get into some of the ways that teachers are noticing this is changing the way their classroom operates. So um, this is considered a pilot this year. Yes. So what is the purpose of it being a pilot? And are we likely on a path where the, where the schools will be right. adopting a system? Right. 
the purpose of it being a pilot is it is a pretty big um, shift in perspective depending on where you are as a teacher. There are some teachers, you know, like yourself, who've been using something similar for whom this might not be a huge leap. There are others for whom it's a big leap. Um, different content tends to have slightly different grading approaches. How will different you know, content areas do mm -hmm. this? Um, in addition, it relies a lot on or is affected a lot by the LMS or, or various tech that you have. Okay. And so we knew we weren't ready to just say, hey, everybody, we're going to do this. Um, for a lot of reasons. One is you know, we want to make sure people have input. Mm -hmm. So the pilot was open to any teacher at the secondary level. We got about um, half the middle school signed up and another 30-ish teachers at the high school. Um, and the plan is to use these pilot folks and, and talk a lot with them and then have them share out with the rest of the staff, you know, podcasts like yours, mm -hmm. uh, various other meetings to really try to get a sense of what's problematic, what is working, so that we can get a better sense of not just, you know, what are the workarounds for the tech, but what kind of readiness do we need to get for teachers? Um, but to your other point, you know, yeah, I think overall the hope is to move in a direction where we are no longer having, you know, the, the faulty math of the 100-point scale hurting kids. You know, mm -hmm. we, we talk a lot about how, you know, our high flyers in Novi do very well. What are we doing for those who struggle a little bit more? And for just about any teacher I talk to, they can think of kids in their class who really struggle and maybe they have some zeros or some really bad grades, but then they try to turn it around and they get that B and then they look at their overall grade and it's still a 27%. Right. And so they quit. It hasn't budged, right. Right. And, and Demotivating. Yes. One of the really fascinating things about um, the research, including the book I mentioned, is that as much as we don't want to believe it as teachers, bad grades do not motivate kids. Mm -hmm. We feel like they do. Right. But they do not. They're demotivating. Yep. Right. Kids want to be motivated, feeling successful. Yeah. I mean, just like anybody would yeah. want to. Yep. Feel like you're on a path to success. Right. Right. So you mentioned that there are 50% of the middle school mm -hmm. is trying the pilot, but only yeah. 30 teachers out of maybe 120 or so yeah. at the high school. Yeah. Any idea of where they further along in talking about this or any idea of why yeah. there's a discrepancy there? Yeah, I think they started the journey kind of as a building a little bit earlier. Okay. Um, I know the high school has talked about, you know, trying to get to a common grading scale for years and, and started to do some work in that direction. Um, the middle school was one of the first uh, schools in the district that focused on kind of the backward design work with our units. And mm -hmm. so in helping to really identify what kinds of good assessments we're going to build, that also kind of came with conversations about other practices and grading practices. So uh, Rob Baker, the principal there for a couple of years now, has put in some grade fixes that are um, complementary to this. So things like avoiding the zero by using a 50%, okay, which is it works, but it's just kind of counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. you know? And so this would be kind of the logical next. It's like setting a floor. Right. The worst you can do is a 50. Exactly. Okay. Yep. And it feels weird. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, I don't, so they you know, get a 50. Mm -hmm. In this way, you know, you can still, it's a little easier for teachers if you do the, the four, three, two, one, zero, because if a kid doesn't turn something in, you can put zero mm -hmm. indicating that they didn't do it and it doesn't hurt them any further than, you know, but so those are conversations that the middle school has been having. And so I think they were a little bit more like ready to jump on board and, and um, see how this might help. Okay. Then 
obviously the fifth, sixth building and the K-4s aren't included in this. Can you talk a little bit about what does the grading look like yeah. down there? Well, interestingly, the, the grading down there has some very close similarities to what we're trying to do. Okay. Um, if you think about what you've seen, if you've had your own kids recently um, or you're an elementary teacher, you know, kids get like a three, two, one, you know, mm -hmm. kind of a approaching the standard at the standard, not there um, rather than points. You know, it's not about how many points you earned on something. It's mm -hmm. what have you demonstrated. Mm -hmm. And so somehow, for some reason, we hit middle school and go away from that. And so really what we're suggesting is how do we continue to do something that way, um, but a little bit more granular. And I think that might be the question to, you know, going back to, to elementary, I think the questions I'd want to ask those buildings and their educators is, you know, if at the end of a quarter or a semester you're saying, you know, reading comprehension 3210, okay, that's one thing, but what are there various assessments or what, what other information might there be besides, you know, student can count to zero to a hundred, three, two, one, zero. What uh, do we want to, you know, really identify what standards you're looking for? And then kind of, as you mentioned earlier, define what is a four, what is a three, what is a two, and then give that, you know, scoring. So, um, but there are some, some parallels already for sure. Right. But okay. It's just, but to be clear. So yeah. like at the elementary level and through five, six, mm -hmm. They're already, those buildings are already common as far as their grading mostly. is concerned? Yeah, okay. mostly. I think there are definitely some uh, yeah. tweaks and changes, but for the most part, yeah. Okay. Because yep. there's this, I mean, at the high school level, I know that this idea of of common grading procedure or if this is what the pilot becomes, um, with the ability to, to have things that are specific to a PLC or something. Right. But it's still a new kind of idea for us and we've we have you know you were assistant principal here at the high school um i think that you even took a record of the mm -hmm. different number of grading procedures that we have and it's yeah. in the hundreds or something like that yes yep right so but the other the other schools throughout the district at the lower levels don't have that same they already have yeah very much a lot of things that are more common very much so yeah okay and so in the end um you're you're thinking that we'll learn from this pilot um, we'll try some things out in some different disciplines. Um, we'll be better able to know what things we want to have completely common and where we want to have some, yeah. some give. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So, so far we are a month into the pilot. Yeah. Um, any lessons yet? Yeah, actually. Um, we've had, you know, the good news is I, I was, of course, like anything prepared for, an utter collapse okay. of, of our plan, but that didn't happen. The teachers have uh, um, really absorbed it well, and there's a lot of support within the pilot groups with each other. Um, you know, teachers who've done it a little longer are helping others. People who are learning things are quick to share. Um, you know, another reason I love doing this is that, you know, we, I think I've talked to you before about you know, how do we leverage more of what our teachers are already great at, mm -hmm. share that out. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're seeing that a lot uh, within the pilot. I think so far, um, some of the challenges we're going to have to keep thinking about are the limits of the technology, which is interesting because technically, if I wanted to score things for three, two, one, zero, and then just average them out within categories, mm -hmm. I used to do this as a teacher back in the graph paper and calculator days. Okay. And it worked, but you know, it took some time. So it's, it's something you could set up a Google Sheets to do, but Schoology won't do it and MyStar won't do it. They both 
operate behind the scenes as a hundred point percentage scale. Right. Um, Schoology and PowerSchool have an ability, they offer a standards-based approach, but that requires the 43210 as well as a variety of standards-based grading components like a decaying average or, and we're not quite there yet. I don't, okay. don't want to push people into that spot yet. Uh-huh. So we're looking for an in-between. So one of the things we've, we've had the challenge with here in the first month is, is how to do that. You know, how do I take, um, you know, something that, you know, I made this assessment and I didn't build it as a four, three, two, one rubric. And how do I kind of retroactively fix it? You know? Right. Um, another challenge is, you know, Schoology has offered some conveniences of auto scoring in right. some ways. And if you're going to use a rubric or um, an older assessment, it won't necessarily auto score it to fit this system. And so that's tough because I think, you know, teachers are understandably saying, oh, wow, so I'd have to hand enter and Mm -hmm. that's a little extra time. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't want it to be a burden, but at the same time, if it's what's best for kids, you know, we got to find a way to, to make that work. You know, we don't want just convenience to be the reason we stick with a system that maybe isn't as, as authentic or, or fair. So we're, we're exploring those things and trying to find workarounds. We've found some. Um, so really I would say the technology and kind of getting used to how to take what I did do to what I am doing, um, has been the biggest challenge and probably will in the long run be what we'll want the most support for with coaches and, and teachers is how to help people learn how to re-envision their assessments to fit the system. So you had mentioned that there are opportunities for teacher input into the mm-hmm. pilot and the future adoption of a school-wide grading system. Yeah. Can you talk about how we are, um, how we're soliciting the, that feedback? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we started uh, last year, we spent the year uh, with the cows at the, as you know, with the cows at the high school talking about the system and, and getting to a place where we felt like we could move forward. Cows were communicating with their departments and bringing information back and forth. Uh, and then in June, we offered kind of a meeting for anybody who might be interested in looking at the pilot. Um, you yourself, some other folks were went to that meeting. We kind of finalized what it would look like with teacher input. Um, and then anyone who wanted to could be in the pilot. And so, again, there's lots of opportunities to put your toe in the water. Um, and if you weren't part of any of that so far, the hope now will be the folks who are in the pilot are going to gather information, share that out multiple mm-hmm. times through the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, I don't think we're making a, um, you know, we're not hiding the fact that this is something we want to move toward in the future. So okay. if as a teacher you're like, eh, I don't want to talk about that. I mean, you don't have to, but then one day someone's going to tell you it's something. It's going to be reality, right? right? So the hope is that they, you know, people engage. And we have a lot of folks who are like, well, I was close, but I wanted to maybe tweak my assessments first. I'm not quite, and those are all reasonable things. Mm-hmm, valid. So I think they're going to be really interested in hearing what the other teachers have to say. Um, the high school's got a grading committee that about a third of the staff are on, and mm-hmm. they're going to be digging into that. So we really do want to make sure that there's a lot of free flow back and forth of information um, and and feedback. And then we're going to go from there to kind of say, all right, what's our next step? All right, great. So, so far, month in, your sense is it's going okay? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going pretty well. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us a little uh, background into what this is all about and what we have to look forward to. All right. Thanks, Brian. I look forward to talking again. Okay. All right. 
Okay, that wraps up another episode of Thriving Educators. I want to thank Andrew Combe for coming back on the show, this time to share his thoughts and vision for the grading pilot that has taken place at the middle school and high school. Take care, everyone. <laughs>